Good morning, I'm Andre Ficara, and this is the Word in 7 Minutes for Wednesday, October 19th, 2016. NATO's policy is destructive. The alliance is engaged in constructing new lines of division in Europe, instead of deep, solid relations of good neighbors, said Russian Foreign Ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova, commenting on the words of NATO Secretary Jens Stoltenberg who pointed out how his greatest concern is connected to the fact that Russia is willing to use force against its neighbors, Ukraine, Crimea and also Georgia. Meanwhile, the news that Italy will send troops to Latvia in the coming month to participate in the Canadian-led NATO force is alarming and breaking Italian internal politics. Jens Stoltenberg, during a recent press conference in Rome, said that NATO's goal is the strengthening of its defensive system, along with the continuation of the political dialogue with Russia. Political dialogue so blurred by many, in view of the recent military operation of the alliance. Talking of Russia, Russian and Syrian air forces have stopped bombing Aleppo two days ahead of the planned pause designed to allow rebels and civilians to leave the city. Yesterday, the Russian Defense Minister, Sergei Shoigu, said strikes had been halted to help guarantee free passage of civilians, evacuation of the sick and wounded, and withdrawal of fighters. He also called on the leaders of countries that have influence on the armed groups in Aleppo East to convince the heads of the militia to stop military actions and leave the city. Even the Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, has joined the call, adding that Moscow expects the countries concerned to resolve the Syrian conflict and normalize the situation in Aleppo will support the Russian initiative and assist this humanitarian operation to ensure that rebel militants leave the city. But the United Nations has said that Russia, Syria and other groups fighting in the city have not yet given guarantees of safety for aid workers or humanitarian in the eastern districts of the city. In the same time, the rebels, through Zakaria Malahide, political officer of Fastakim Group, have indicated that they reject the idea of leaving the city because it will be a surrender and they will continue to fight until the regime will fall. Now let's go in Argentina, where a 16-year-old girl died from horrific internal injuries after a gang allegedly dragged, raped and tortured her with a wooden spike. After the brutal sex attack, the schoolgirl was later dumped at a drug rehab clinic, where staff began treating her for what they thought was a simply cocaine overdose, because the body of the young girl showed no visible sign of violence. Indeed, the abductors washed and redressed her to cover up her injuries, and only when the clinic staff examined her closely, they discovered the truth, but it was too late. The murder has sparked outrage in the country, where organizers have called on women in Argentina to take part in a national strike to protest over violence against women. The protest, renamed after the Twitter hashtag Miércoles Negro or Black Wednesday, calls for every woman in the country to stop work, study or other activities for an hour, and it's spreading also in other countries of Latin America. Despite Argentina is one of the 16 Latin American countries that have written the crime of femicide into their penal codes, the authorities are not doing enough, according to Miss Sabrina Cartabia, one of the organizers of the protest. This killing is just the latest incident of horrific gender violence in Argentina. Last year, 
a man slit the throat of his wife, a kindergarten teacher, in front of her class. Then a guy allegedly beat his girlfriend to death because she got pregnant. And a woman was stabbed to death by her boyfriend in broad daylight at a Buenos Aires cafe. Another story of disorder and violence, this time in the heart of Europe, precisely in France, in the jungle of Calais, where the horror seems to have no end. A female interpreter working on a documentary about the plight of refugee children has been raped in the migrant camp. The interpreter was accompanying a freelance journalist from a French news broadcaster when they encountered three individuals speaking Pashtun who wanted to steal the video equipment. The situation quickly degenerated and, while two of the individuals threatened the journalist with a knife, the third raped the young female interpreter. After the attack, the journalist and the interpreter immediately went to a police station to file a complaint. The woman was medically treated while the three migrants are still south. Few days ago, a British television crew has been attacked by over 20 individuals using sticks, stones and knives while they were filming a suspected people smuggler. The news comes on the day when the French administrative court in Lille gave the final go-ahead for the evacuation of the huge camp in northern France, thus rejecting the appeal filed last week by 11 humanitarian organizations who asked to stop its closure. In late September, French President François Hollande has promised the complete dismantling of the field by the end of the year. Everything is ready. The police planned the operation in detail, with over 150 buses ready to transfer refugees and asylum seekers in reception centers set up across the country. But the fear of further disorder is still high. According to the last census, there are approximately 6,500 inhabitants in the camp. On site, it will be deployed around 3,000 police officers, also to prevent possible clashes with no-border activists. That's all for today. Subscribe or follow the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or Twitter. And visit the website at thewordin7minutes.com As always, thanks for listening.